episode 62 for February 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to give you an alternative to paying full price on comics and trade paperbacks. Their discounts start at 38% and go up to 75% off the cover price. An example this month is the first issue of the new Spider-Woman series. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for $1.99. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. Okay, gang, tackling the message board questions, we're going to start with Steve Rogers. It looks like he's a New York Mets fan, and he's got one for J.R. He says, J.R., recently I read the review of Amazing Spider-Man number 39 on spiderfan.org's site and noticed that the author, who was apparently around at the time and aware of discussions and whatnot in terms of what fans were saying about the book, well, he ends the review by saying that it was a complete and utter failure when the reveal turned out to be Norman Osborn. So, let me skip through all that. So the question is, had the TPTB? The powers, <laughs> powers of be. Oh, got it. The powers of be decided that the Goblin would be someone well established during the first 42 uh, issues of Spidey's career. How different do you think the Goblin legacy would have been? In other words, for creating a character that lasted this long, was it better that they make it essentially a blank page character? What do you think? Well, I... Uh... I, in fact, I alluded to this when I uh, wrote my Venom article because I was compl- I had complained about Venom, you know, being somebody that was I knew we'd never seen before. Uh, if I had been reading, and I'm not this old, I was not reading Spider-Man number 39 when it first came out. Uh, I was only about at the time, but uh, it would have been a disappointment. I mean, if uh, the Green Goblin had been around for more than two years yeah. and they were finally going to reveal his identity, and here it is, a guy who's just been in the story for two issues, and he's the father of a character who's been in been in for only eight issues. So, yes, at the time, I think it would have been a disappointment uh, to have had the reveal be Norman Osborn. That said, though, it was one of the best half-ass decisions that, Steve, <laughs> that, Steve, that Stan Lee ever made. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the Goblin legacy is synonymous with the Osborn legacy, and mm-hmm. uh, and. The, and, and Harry is a very important mix to that. Whereas if you'd had the Goblin be somebody else, like say Ned Leeds, which is, uh, what one of, you know, which is, has kind of long been a suspicion that that who's, that's who Ditko was leaning toward, uh, it wouldn't have been, uh, I don't think it wouldn't, the Goblin legacy would, wouldn't have nearly been as strong. It, it takes the two Osbournes, mm-hmm. those two tortured individuals, and their screwed up relationship that, that has really made the Goblin legacy. Um, one of the things that I wanted to allude to is that he mentions, uh, Mr. Rogers mentions in his question that, that, you know, it's, you know, su- suspected that the identity, the, the identity of the Green Goblin was the follow up between Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. That I'm convinced is an urban legend. I think it needs to be said because everybody, it keeps being brought up. It's an urban legend, folks. They, they had long stopped talking months before yeah. the Green Goblin's reveal was ever made. Uh, they were two different people. Uh, Ditko was uh, sore at Stanley's, uh, taking all the credit for everything. Uh, also, Ditko was becoming very radical politically, uh, studying the uh, the doctrines and philosophies of Ayn Rand. It didn't have anything to do with the Green Goblin? But uh, so I just I just had to have to get that off my chest. But yes, the legacy would have been different, and it wouldn't have been nearly as good. So thank you, Stanley, for coming up something, <laughs> something out of your ass. Actually, <laughs> And, create, and creating wow. a great and legendary character, which has survived the test of time. 
Wow. I, I just envisioned, as J.R. summed that up, the uh, the NBC things, things you should know. Do-do-do-do, the little star, things you should know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Steve's other question is for Spidey Dude. Did you get a chance to take a look at that book on the early 90s Dallas Cowboys I mentioned in the football thread? That doesn't have anything to do with Spider-Man, does it? <laughs> I thought it was talking about <laughs> Spider-Man Cowboys question. Did you look at it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, Angel04 question to everyone. No, no, we're not. We're moving on. Angel04, everyone, are you going to pick up Thor 600 with Stanley and our old amazing Spider-Man writer, J. Michael Straczynski? Anybody picking that book up? I'm reading Thor in trade. Okay. I'm going to be picking it up. Stella? No. And JR only collects Spidey, I imagine. Right. And... Uh, I'm Thor. Okay, Zach, you picking that up? My give a damn level is at zero. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kevin, okay, let's put this to bed once and for all. Do you read Ultimate Spider-Man? He does not. Uh, BD? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad, eventually you're going to get this one right. <laughs> I didn't read Ultimate Spider-Man for a long time. I picked it up when Morbius first came in, and then I stayed through the Clone Saga. It was awesome, and I kept on. I've gotten all the back trades. I'm only up through, like, Volume 4 or something because I've had a lot of other stuff to read, and I'm now collecting the new stuff in trades, too, because that's what I've mostly switched to for that well, kind the of thing. Is it's no, a great little title, and I do no, read it. he does not read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just been an ongoing debate. I, people ask him, he says yes, and I say no. It's an inside joke, I guess. <laughs> Angel's question to me, are you excited about the Wolverine movie? Yes, I am. I think the trailer looks awesome. So I'm, my top three movies I'm looking forward to this summer. JR, what are your thoughts on the impact of Gwen's death in the 616 universe? Were you outraged or dismayed by the decision? Well, I wasn't outraged or dismayed because Gwen Stacy was never really one of my favorite characters. Uh, okay. I'd always, I always liked Mary Jane better. I liked Betty Brant better. Uh, I was a little stunned that it happened. Uh, but uh, I wasn't dismayed. As far as the impact on the 616 universe, I think it was a, I think it's it was a major event uh, in in comics. Uh, although you know it, it gets ti- it gets tiring to talk about it because you know it's like one of those things that keeps getting brought up, you know, and, and how many different ways can you say it? Uh, but this was the time that the hero found that a longtime supporting character, the hero's girlfriend, had been killed, uh, and his number one villain was killed along with her. Uh, and for, you know, and now for the first time, comics were kind of a, a dangerous place. You really didn't know what was going to happen. If Spider-Man's girlfriend could die, what else could happen? So yeah. it was a, so it was a, a fairly significant event, uh, in the, in the modern comics. Okay. Uh, Kevin, have you seen the previews for the new Joss Wheaton TV show Dollhouse on Fox? And what do you think? Well, hell yes, I have. And it's Joss Whedon, so it's going to be freaking badass. For anybody that doesn't know, Joss Whedon is the creator of Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. He's the writer of Astonishing X-Men before Warren Ellis came in. Uh, he's written several other comic books. Great stuff. Uh, he's just a great creator. There, it's starting. That's actually was going to be one of my recommendations. It starts this coming Friday on Fox, along with one of my two favorite shows on TV, Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. So check out Fox this Friday night. It's going to be great. Yeah. Also, fun fact for you, Kevin. Did you know that Josh Whedon wrote the screenplay to Toy Story? Oh. Uh, I, he didn't write it. He doctored it. Wow. Oh, he yeah, doctored he was, it. He worked 
in Hollywood as a script doctor for a little while, adding humor into uh, scripts, and he helped Dr. Toy Story. I think he had a large hand in it. He also um, had a hand doctoring the scripts for Twister and Waterworld. Hmm. So <laughs> 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 to those scripts. Wow. He probably doesn't put those on his resume. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He well, wrote Twister, uh, Twister Alien Resurrection, bad. too. Yeah, but, Twister. Uh, I'll give you a Twister wasn't bad. I like Twister. He wrote but the first draft of Alien Resurrection, but apparently they t- totally took it from him, and he hated the movie when it came out. JR, did you read the IDW prequel to the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, and are you interested in the film? Uh, I did not read the IDW prequel because it was sold out everywhere I went, and I could not find it. Uh but should, uh, I am interested in the movie. Yep. Uh, what were you about to say, Brad? You should pick it up. I ordered it this month uh, from mail order and the trade. The trade's uh, online. You can I order probably it. will wind up getting the trade. Uh, but, uh, yes, I'm uh, very interested in the film, uh, probably because Leonard Nimoy uh, makes a return appearance as Spock. Ah, yes. Well, Spider-Girl. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, that was ins- there was some inspired casting in that film. I really like uh, Zach Quinto. Of heroes fame being Spock, he just looks like Spock to me. I, I think the casting's great on it so far, but we don't know until we see it on May Indeed. whatever it is. Spider Third. Girl, what are your thoughts on the new role of Norman Osborn in Dark Avengers? Uh, I don't read that book, but I know you know I know his position. I think it's I, it's going to cause a lot of controversy, I think, especially in the world of Spider-Man. Not among people, but just that's in such uh, conflict with what Spider-Man would probably want him to do. I am a little upset with the character design of Iron Patriot because it is a merging of Iron Man and Captain America. And I think Norman Osborn really will never represent what those two uh, represent in the comic world. So in that way, I'm kind of upset about that. But otherwise, I mean, it should make for a good plot. And Angel's last comment is to Crazy Chris from our message board for being a good sport when it comes to differences and opinions. He says he's very gentlemanly, and that's what I like about the board. We aren't to go for the jugular. So, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, one, more qu- one more comment on Stella's bit. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to ma- nominate the fact that little that last panel of Norman being Iron Patriot is the WTF moment of 2009. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. That's a, that's a nominee. Remember, there's still a lot of time left in 2009. <laughs> but that's 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 the WTF moment nominee number one for 2009. FSU Spider fan from Greenville, North Carolina, aims a question my way. He says, "Will you be able to top having so many creators in a podcast like last month?" Uh, I don't want to top that one. <laughs> that one took me uh, three months, I think, to plan by coordinating the the uh, schedules of Stanley, Sal Buscema, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, uh, Roy Thomas, Glenn or uh, Danny Fingeroth, and JMD Mateus. He we got mixed up with him, but I do not want to get. I have enough problems getting these guys who are on the line right now in in one place at one time. So. Try try adding even more people to that mix, but I don't think you're going to top Stan Lee unless I get Steve Ditko, which I don't think is going to happen. But Stan is the get, and I got. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, can re- you can retire now. I can retire. Thank you all for listening. Good night. Beep. Thank. You. This call is not recording. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's this call is not recording. Exactly. Jr. Do you fear for the character of Norman after Dark Rain, after rising as far as he has? 
Going back to just being Spider-Man's nemesis might seem like small potatoes. It could mean another death for the character. What do you think, Jer? No, I don't fear for him. Uh, I don't think he's going to be killed again. Uh, I don't believe that at all. Uh, he will have to be taken down. I mean, he's just going to. I mean, uh, the the storyline is out, and uh, his time on the stage is going to uh, is going to be over. I hope that it doesn't happen. I hope it happens not sooner rather than later. But I hope that he doesn't overstay as well. Yeah. Uh, I hope that when he get knocked off, it's while we're still wait, wanting more. I hope Dark Reign lasts about a year. I think after that they'll pretty well they'll pretty well it'll pretty well run its course, and frankly, you know when that is done, I'm looking forward to him clashing with Spider-Man again. I don't see any any problem with that. So uh, now I have know, to, no, I, I don't care for the character. I have to ask Jared because you were just picking up the three Spider-Man books, and now your favorite character is all over the damn place. What are you doing with that? You could well uh, hypothetically you could, every, you could buy every Marvel comic because Norman would be in it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm being very. Uh, I'm not buying his guest appearances like I didn't buy New Avengers number 49, for example. Uh, I have been, we will buy Dark Avengers and Thunderbolts where he is one of the primary characters. Uh, but I didn't, like, for example, I didn't buy Iron Man, which he was also in. Yeah, it's like I couldn't afford it. I mean, yeah. particularly at 3 9 you know, and I, and I've, there have been reasons I haven't been ordering off mail order comics for a while. Uh, have to do with, uh, well, I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know where I'm going to be next two or three months, to be honest. Uh, so I'm not being that far ahead. Uh, but, uh, it's just, and that's, I don't know. I don't want to go on a rant at the 399. But I just, you know, that Joe has been, oh, Quesada has been awfully quiet about that. Usually he's always, uh, you know, in, you know, he's always in your face explaining something. Mm-hmm. Marvel has been absolutely mum on raising the prices to 399. Uh, I think it's a disaster. Uh, there is no way that in comic, a 22-page comic, is going to be worth, is worth 3.99. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just, it's just horrible. Right. Uh, and uh, I just don't know what's going to happen. I know it's going to cut my comic back. You know, uh, basically because I won't be buying all of Norman's appearances right. because it's ridiculous. So anyway. Spider Girl from FSU asks, I have to say, I saw Twilight and got half of the first book. Got through half of the first. <laughs> But I, I always screw up reading yours, Stella. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to say, I saw Twilight and got through half of the first book, but I couldn't take it. As a fan of Buffy, Angel, and other things from the genre, I was surprised. It seems to be a gender issue. What do you think the gap is between the sexes on Twilight? When I first read this question, which was whenever you posted it, January 30th, I've actually been thinking about it the entire time and why this is such a problem. And then I even got into a PM, not really debate, but conversation with, uh, is it Spidey UK? No, it's Um, it's FSU Spider Fan. No, no, I'm, no. (laughs) I got in a (laughs) conversation conversation with Spidey UK. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, she's not stuttering, folks. It's a sandal. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to mispronounce it. Oh, gotcha. It's it's not action oriented, which I think is one of the main problems. It is basically a romance. Uh, one of my big problems with Twilight, which I think is the worst book out of all four, is that Bella's character is an absolute idiot. Um, <laughs> she really brings down <clears throat> the definition of heroin. Not the drug, but a heroine. <laughs> and uh, just Meyer's characterization is really poor, and so it's hard to get into that. Um, I 
the gender gap. I don't know. I think really when you start schmoozing all over Edward, that really is difficult for girls or guys to get into. Even I was kind of sickened at it when you're repeating his hard marble um, uh, muscles. <laughs> yeah, all I was hard marble. What? Of all the places yeah. to pause. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to, but then I got a little flustered. Oh, so, take it, take it, take it. Virgin eyes, virgin eyes. Well, gosh. Stephen King really ripped her uh, here yeah, recently. Yeah, I, read that. Said, I read that. Said she couldn't write. <laughs> yeah, wow. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a uh, a gay friend of mine really loves those books, but he said you absolutely have to like men to enjoy the books because you spend so much time describing how beautiful the man is. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to read Twilight. I'm good. Uh, Kevin, did you uh, did you have to come up with anything creative to make it through the ice storm? Well, the thing, I, I stayed in my apartment for three days. I, I was determined to hold out, but it just got too cold. I ended <laughs> up moving into my brother's house for the weekend, and it, I, I was sleeping on a sleeping bag on a hardwood floor for two nights. And I, yeah, so that was not fun. He also asked if you're a fan of the Underworld movies, because like Twilight, I felt they were both disappointing. I do enjoy the Underworld trilogy. I saw the uh, new movie recently. I th- the first one I thought was just decent and entertaining. The second one I thought was a lot better, mostly, I think, because they brought in the character of Marcus and killed off uh, their really bad actor. I forget what his name was. Um Let's call him Bob. <laughs> actually, no, it's a Spider-Man connection. His, the uh, character's name was Craven. Oh, get out, <laughs> really? Wow. Um, Even Craven can't survive in the underworld, huh? Wow. Yeah. The third movie was really only good because it focused on um, Michael Sheen, who played Lucian so much, and he's a great actor. He can elevate any movie, really. So, but yeah, I enjoyed the trilogy. They were entertaining movies, but his, I like vampires. <laughs> his final question is to Spidey Dude, how will you recover from another disappointing season for the Cowboys? Seriously, as a Bucks fan, I need the advice. Oh, it's very hard to be a Cowboys fan right now, especially when you want to strangle your owner and um, your star wide receiver. Um, the good news for you, sir, is that you fired your head coach after <laughs> a disappointing season, unlike the, what the Dallas Cowboys are unwilling to do. Um, so take faith, my friend. It will get better. Um, I do take the sauce in the fact that it's not three, five, and 11 seasons like it was in, at the beginning of the century. So... Um, I'm optimistic about next season. It's just sad that that uh, I can I can be thir- three and thirteen on a simulated, you know, PS3 game <laughs> as a record with this exact same team making my own play calling, and the professionals can't seem to do the same thing. So. Okay, crazy Chris, aiming for Kevin. You mentioned that your favorite comic writers tell character dramas. With superheroes, is there anything unique about the superhero genre that offers potential for character study that does not exist in other genres? I'm giving Crazy Chris my personal Crawl Space Award for best question I ever remember being asked. That is oh. a fantastic question. Um, I do think that there's definitely the superhero genre basically offers some real heightened stakes where you can explore the same kind of things. A lot of it's through analogy and allegory. Where if you wrote a comic about, you know, a guy, regular life, a guy in an office or a woman, let's say a single mother, and she has to make the decision, you know, about she's got to deal with her baby and she's got to go to work. You know, it's it's much better reading and you can go a lot bigger with the ideas if her work is as a superhero. (laughs) Something like, 
yeah. Witchblade uh, does a lot of that kind of thing because she's a new mother, and it just wouldn't be as interesting. You wouldn't want to sit there and read 20, 30 issues of a comic when she's torn between her baby and her uh, cubicle job. You know, it's, it's not the same. It's like yeah. Joss Whedon said when he was writing Buffy, he was writing about teenagers. He was writing about people. He was writing about life. That's what's interesting to him. He was just doing it through vampires and superpowers. <laughs> that's yeah. that's exactly the kind of thing I love most. It basically takes the same things you would write about. It heightens the stakes. It brings out a lot more extremes of emotion in those kind of heightened stakes. So you can really show... Uh, a person's personality and run the entire gamut of it and really dig into what makes them tick, what their reactions are in more extreme situations, and who they are as a person. And it's more fun to read. So, yeah, that's a great question, and I think it's absolutely spot on. Matisse Leonhart says, I'm going to aim this one at JR. He didn't really aim at anybody, but we haven't heard from JR in a while. Why don't the comic book companies advertise their comics on TV? It seems to me that they could reach a broader audience by advertising on television. Well, I uh, uh, actually I have had a, I've, I've been talking quite a bit lately, but uh, I'll take this one. I'd be curious to see what others think as well, though. But uh, Marvel's been asked this quite a bit, and I think Joe Quesada has basically said that he doesn't want to spend the money; that it's too expensive. Yeah, I mean, well, I think yeah. that's pretty well it. Well, the problem I'll tell you what the a big tri- problem is. Oh. Too. Go ahead. Uh, tr- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, J- Brad. You go ahead. The, uh, real quick, I'm just going to say that um, the trick is Joe Q is advertising on television. He's getting free ads through the news media. Yeah. You know, that's how he's doing it. But yeah. Go ahead, Zach. Go ahead. But I'll tell you right now, there's a, there's, a, there's a big problem these days, and that's the advent of DVR, where mm. people can just sit there and go, I don't want to watch the commercials. Skip, 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 and you're through the commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are—I mean, these companies are spending so much money on this, but in reality, even though the commercials are being recorded, they're just gonna, people, there's a lot of people that are skipping through them because they don't want to—they don't want to listen to them. Especially when you ever—you ever have that problem where you're sitting there watching, you have a the show is always volume, the volume always seems like it's much lower yeah. on the show, and then you hit the hit the commercials, it's always going to blare and make your ears bleed. They do that on uh, purpose. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> well, really. Zach, you're- you're absolutely right. I fast forward through my commercials on a, DV, on a DVR. I think the way that they should go is to sponsor a show on something like Hulu, Hulu.com, where you can watch new TV shows, put ads in genre shows like Fringe and Dollhouse and things. And what Hulu does is you can't fast forward through the commercials, but you only get about four commercials that are 30 or 15 seconds apiece. So, yeah, you just sit there and watch them because it's only 30 or 15 seconds, and you can say something in that time. People do it. That's the yeah. kind of thing they should be sponsoring if they want to do that. Hey, you guys all saw the Miller Lite commercial, or Miller Lite High Life commercial on the Super Bowl, right, where it said, High Life! And that was the whole commercial? Yeah. Did anybody that, see that? It cost them <laughs> a million, didn't it? <laughs> it, no, it cost them it cost them $100,000 because they were like, well, it cost $3 million for a 30-second spot, so we're going to do a one-second spot for $100,000. <laughs> Uh, Matisse Leonhardt's uh, last question is, uh, since Marvel is having Spider-Man team up with the president, what non-Marvel character would you like to see Spider-Man team up with next, either inside or outside comics? Stella, who do you like? Who should Spider-Man team up with? (laughs) Edward from uh, Twilight, maybe? (laughs) Oh, no, that would be terrible. Um, I, I really, I can't think of like a really good person. You know who would be fun, but you uh, couldn't sell it to kids? Uh, 
How about you team, <laughs> team him up with Joe Pesci? Oh, God. That would be absolutely hey, hysterical. Hey, are you a clown? Are you spin the webs? Are you a clown? Do I make you laugh? Anyway. Wow. <laughs> After you said can't sell it to kids, I thought you were going to say something like Jenna Jameson. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure where he was going. Well, no, the F-bomb would be every other word. Anyway. Uh, JR, anybody you want to see Spider-Man team up with besides Archie, maybe? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe Mr. Spock. I don't know. Yeah, they, uh, done, I they the, did X-Men in Star Trek, which was horrible. <laughs> hey, I got, I got, I got, a be, I got the best team up ever. Okay, go ahead. Okay. And it's John McCain and Aunt May, the most action-packed storyline you could ever have. <laughs> they how both about, spent five pages trying to get off the couch. How about, <laughs> how about Bob Dole and Aunt May in a Viagra ad? <laughs> wow. 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 I totally, and that was the worst thing. I have my name is Bob Dole and I have ED. I have no, what? Lockdown from Illinois. Uh, greetings, everyone. Good transition. I get the <laughs> good grief. I had a chance. <laughs> Sorry, lockdown. Wow. You just happened to be there. Oh, lockdown sponsor has a podcast called the Green Lantern Spotlight, which Kevin, I'm sure, will subscribe to it right now because he's. <laughs> Huge GL fan. His question is, Kevin, you mentioned in the last cast that you believe that Gabriel Stacy had, had lots of potential and why you're using the character. I have to ask what stories that were left over from previous writers that you saw lots of potential that haven't been used and ones that have been picked up by other writers that should have just been left dead in the water. Take it, brother. Okay. For, for laughing, that is a pretty good question. Yeah, there's um, <laughs> Got to try to answer it seriously. Um, I, well, I, I hate to count sins past the one that you're specifically referencing that I do believe there's potential in as one that should have been left alone. But sins remembered sucked out loud, unfortunately. So they should have left it alone for at least a year or two. Um, ones I see a lot of them that have potential that I'm planning on using. I don't want to talk about all of them because I don't want to blow plot points. But really, a lot of even bad stories, a lot of them have some aspects that could be used. I mean, uh, there's even Mackie stories <laughs> you know, that uh, that have potential. But, yeah, I, yeah, really off the top of my head, the only ones I can think of are the ones I'm planning to use. So I, I read Crawl Space. <laughs> Aiming for Spider-Girl, being an aspiring architect, what art styles of the current Spider-Artist styles do you find the most appealing and which one do you find the most abysmal? I think uh, Chris Pacello is up there for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I really like clean-cut um, or clean-drawn figures. I like Lineal Yu to a certain extent. I know he's not on Spider-Man, but the fact that it's so sketchy, just you see all these lines everywhere, I'm not a fan. My favorite artist is Steve McNiven. Uh, I just love his art. I think it's so lifelike. And I've really gotten into Marcos Martin and Paolo Rivera has done, who was yeah. the artist on the second half of the, the, the special or whatever. I really like them. Anything that really reminds me of the vintage is really good and something that's clean cut. So that's my answer. Romita Jr., you like him? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I got a quick, I quick, got a quick suggestion. If she hasn't, yeah. if you ever really read Sabi Sima's work or seen Sabi Sima's work, he really likes the backgrounds. So uh, you might check that out. Okay. Jr. Just to tell you, Maddie Franklin showed up in the Loners miniseries, where it was explained she was pretty much become her own superhero, 
a PI, private investigator, and has moved out of the Jameson household and bumping uglies with Ricochet. <laughs> JR, that means they're having sex. Uh, my question for oh, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> my question for you I'm is. Glad, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we made that clear. <laughs> wasn't there something, wasn't there something earlier that JR didn't know the reference? Uh, I forget what it was. Anyway, my question Don't to JR is. Is that Mambo? No, I thought I said no, no, Stella used some big long word I didn't right. is not a long word. Yeah. <laughs> My question to JR is why is there no love for Maud- Maddie outside of the two of us? The two of us? Are you in- I, th- I think he's ask? confused. The last podcast I was the one saying why didn't they mention Maddie and JR was the one saying because nobody cares about her. <laughs> so JR well, she doesn't had- like, like her either? No, she has reboot on her. I mean, uh, she was, uh, she's forever painted by being part of that, uh, awful Garena Five yeah. ceremony. And, uh, and it's, uh, to an undeserved prominence in that, in the awful reboot. So, yeah. She, uh, she deserves in the, de- she deserves to be in the dustbin with Captain Power and those lames from Tricorp. Okay. Uh, Hertz, which has an equation, which Stella pointed out what it means. It means Hertz as his avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife's avatar. Dumbass. Uh, <laughs> oh I was gosh. talking to myself. I'm sorry. Uh, for anyone and everyone, I am, I am somewhat new. Oh, I'm so, God bless. I am somewhat <laughs> new to Spidey in comic format and haven't read much of what's come out before JMS took over the book. I really would like to read more of the older stories and as such, I'm wondering what's the best way to get out, uh, go out about, Way to go God, about man. getting those stories. Trade paperbacks, Essential Spider-Man. Pick them up. Start with Volume 1. Start reading, kid. Screw Essentials. They're in black and white. We need color in Spider-Man. Marvel Masterworks, Volume 1. Go get them, buddy. Uh, for Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> with Black Knight coming up in a couple of months, what do you think of the possibility of Hal... Oh, shit. Not another Green Lantern. <laughs> of Hal becoming the White Lantern. I.e., having him one of every ring by your powers combined bullshit, <laughs> and every ring color based on the breakdown of visible white light, or what do you think the likelihood <laughs> is of something like that happening? Well, it just so happens you're on the Green Lantern cross <laughs> so feel free to tackle that one. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at Brad having to read a Green Lantern question. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Hertz does this. This is Hertz makes me hurt every month. I mean, God bless. All space podcast starring Green Lantern questions. Every damn month, I don't bother about the Green Lantern. God bless. <laughs> Patient laugh again. Oh shit! I'm editing this shit out, Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, all right, all right. Uh, all right. What the hell did I just ask him? Something about white lightning. <laughs> I need a beer. Okay.
<laughs> you, want I, you have ten seconds to answer okay, Hertz. Okay, okay. Um, my, my serious answer to this question, which became hilarious, was um, I don't think it's going to happen because Hal Jordan headlines the comic called Green Lantern, so I don't think they're going to make him anything else, unless it's maybe for an issue or two. I've heard people saying Kyle Rayner's going to become... A blue Lantern, but he's the star of the Green Lantern Corps comics, so Donald they Mark, their entire comic Arkham line, then <laughs> I'm Donald being Mark from Arkham Asylum asks, <laughs> Hey guys, here we are, back again, BD's back, tell a friend. Now, JR, that was an Eminem reference, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> For the game, which classic Spider-Man villains could you do without, wouldn't mind see die, and which ones would you keep? Kill the lizard and the vulture. Really? Mm-hmm. They're, they're Ditko classics. Come on. They're Morbius. It's all friggin' shit. Yeah, kill Morbius. Screw it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first time. Um, let's see. What has been your favorite Peter Parker moment? Something that stood out, stood up and you cheered for? Um, the time he got married? <laughs> Nice, nice. I like that. I was like, all right, Pete, you, you got it. You got the girl. And then it was ripped away from him. There's our answer. Uh, <laughs> anybody? Been sure for or is when, uh, um, I have no one. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> BTMX Comedy from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Raises a hand. He has a question. And God help him if it's Green Lantern. It is uh, <laughs> what we hear exactly how the podcast recording went, or are certain parts deleted for any reason? <laughs> <laughs> edit out this answer so you'll never know. Uh, <laughs> no, there's some stuff that we delete out, uh, like we chit-chat for a good, good five minutes or ten, or sometimes twenty before I actually hit record, or I am recording but I edit it out, just mainly because we're discussing what we're going to be doing uh, sometimes the audio is low on some people. I boost it up. Sometimes I, I delete stuff out if somebody insults someone's anatomy. Uh, <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's all kinds of times all over the place where either we go silent or somebody cusses and Brad says, oh, I'm editing that out. Yeah. And then sometimes I forget and I don't. But, uh, <laughs> usually the technical difficulties, I splice it. So it sounds like there aren't any technical difficulty. Knock on wood, as of late, we really haven't had any. So, there, yeah, there's some stuff on the floor. And if it's really good quality stuff, like when I called JR's front desk lady at the hotel three or four times in a row, I'll put it in there so you guys can hear it. Yeah, we got a nice blooper reel out of that. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. Probably, that was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. And also, <laughs> yeah. uh, just to make uh, the, the amount of F-bombs that I usually do on a podcast have been edited out by, by Brad in the past. He's kind of cut yeah. back on them. I cut a few of them out, mainly because we got letters of complaints. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Zach's gotten a lot more under control in the past few months. I will agree. Zach has gotten better. He, he just pukes uh, now uh, and then, but he's, he's all right. <laughs> hey, that was that was just commenting on the child. I only did that. The third time was the last time I was going to do that. It, you know. Question but, from Tech. Tech, my St. Louis, Missouri brother, he says, what is your favorite episode of any Spider-Man television series? Mine would be the, um, the Amazing Spider- Spider-Man's Amazing Friends where they met the Hulk. I thought that was a fun one. Anyone? Um, uh, so ty- the, oh, Go ahead, Zach. <laughs> uh, try to take a guess on which one's my favorite. Anybody? The clo- anybody? clone episode of uh, I Really Hate Clones of the 90s Spider-Man. There you go. I knew it. Stella? 
Um, I guess it'd have to be three. I really like the three-part Venom saga. Okay. Jerry, have one? Yeah, probably on the 95 uh, animated series uh, Turning Point. Uh, it basically took st- uh, parts of three Green Goblin stories and combined them into one. Hmm. And Kev? Uh, I'd have to go with the original Morbius episode in the 95 series because that touched off a lifelong love of the character for me. Have any of you gone to the Marvel Chronology Project? What did you think of it? I think, Kevin, you have. I, I don't think I really have. I don't even know what it is. Okay. It's a website detailing Marvel's history, etc. I think. Has anybody yeah, been it's, there? It's massive. I've yeah. been there. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's, it's, they got stuff on there that, like, like it's almost as bad as Jr. saying what Peter Parker had on his taco with Mary Jane on their second date. <laughs> wow, that sounded dirty. I know it did. Not, I don't want to edit Nobody anything out, it. so I'm just going to leave it. Uh, for his last question for Jr. What first got you interested in the Goblin? I give your articles credit for arousing my interest in the character. Oh, rousing, huh? Mm. <laughs> anyway. You turned them on, Jr. <laughs> anyway, but th- well, but thank you for the compliment. And uh, because and what got me interested, in Goblin? Well, I think b- what started my interest was because of all of Spider-Man's vill- villains, and because of uh, uh, and you know of everybody else. He was the only one who knew. He knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, and he was the only one. And uh, I, that really was kind of the hook. And then later on. Um, you know, it, it got to be just the uh, the twisted psychology of Norman Osborn and the duality of the character, the Jekyll Hyde uh, type thing about this, you know, this madman who has to, you know, you know, who has to put on a different face in order to be able to function in society, and he isn't always successful. So, but it, but as far as what started my interest, it was because he was the only one who knew who Spider-Man was. Bucky Cap from Connecticut. Uh, he says, uh, question aimed at me. It says, do you have any advice? For an aspiring podcaster, my wife and I have started a podcast. Good luck with that, doing that with your wife. That's that. that, that w- Jr., would you do that? Would you do a podcast with your wife? We'd, no. we'd, we'd argue. <laughs> anyway. No, um, that would be a disaster. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his wife and him have started a podcast about profiling various Marvel characters. We figure we're just doing it for fun now with life so busy like it is. So my advice <clears throat> Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Um, get get p- guests and get friends on the show to do it with you because just I'm glad that you're not just doing it by yourself. I'm glad that you're bouncing ideas and, and uh, discussions with your wife. But uh, I don't see how people like Rush Limbaugh or whoever just sit at a microphone and talk for three hours straight can, can sanely do that. I, you have to have somebody to bounce off and have fun and poke fun and, and do Green Lantern jokes with. So, well, uh, in, in fairness to like Rush and Hannity and all those guys, they do have callers that they bounce off of. It's not just them babbling on all the true, whole time. True. So, and, and you know, uh, another thing that I like, uh, if you have a website or something, have viewers write in questions, which is what we're doing right now. Uh, it gives you some content to put in your show. It's fun. You never, it's unpredictable what kind of <laughs> questions you will get. <laughs> like Green Lantern. Exactly. That shit just flies in every month. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> great so, you should be reading, Brad. So good luck to Bucky Cap, and the the name of his podcast is called The Shield Cast. So good luck with that. And it, I'm uh, Jr. Are you not impressed? His wife is a so dedicated to his collection that she's willing to do a podcast with him. Isn't that dedication? <sighs> <laughs> 
Uh, it, it, it almost sounds like she's a Stepford wife. <laughs> he programmed her. She's a clone. No, no, she's a lo- hey, woohoo, lovely. Me, um... uh, Bucky Caps' other question is to all sci-fi fans on the panel: Have any of you seen the newest series of BBC's Doctor Who? It's done very well. And what the Star Trek fans on here, I was just wondering, have not ever seen a Doctor Who episode. Sorry, I've seen a couple episodes from uh, the Christopher Eskelson version and some from the David Tennant version, and they looked. Oh God, insanely cheesy to me. I was. Everybody talks about it like it's the best thing since peanut butter and jelly met, but eh, I didn't like it at all. Uh, Alex Leg, have any of you seen any of the episodes of Spectacular Spider-Man season two? And your thoughts? Have not, I've, and wait till March for Toon Disney or Disney XD or whatever it's called. Yeah, I'll uh, be having have my, new DDR, my new DDR dish so I can actually watch it on Toon X, uh, Disney XD. The thing is that it's. It's being broadcast earlier in other parts of the country, such as Canada got it, and so Canadians hey. have been putting it on YouTube, etc. So, no, I'm waiting. Well, till- yeah, no, uh, they were wanting to do it to coincide like, with the launch of Disney XD, which is just Toon Disney, but more right. quote unquote adult. Um, it's just like it's like they have to be like MTV. You know, MTV used to be about music. Now it's about the real world and. Exactly. Um, Flavor Flav. Uh, <laughs> oh, Flav. Anyway, Alex's other question is aimed, uh, it says, Brad, any plans to do a podcast with creators of any Spidey-related animated series or even in the Spider-Man movies? Your spectacular Spider-Man podcast was great. Yeah, I would love to have uh, Josh Keaton and Greg back on when maybe in March or no, not that soon, uh, April, May-ish, uh, this year. <laughs> 2009, we're, we're definitely going to try to get those guys back. Maybe we can get some other voice uh, actors from that show to be on, such as maybe I'd... Jane or, or Venom. What were you saying, Stella? Oh, I was just, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Um, I was just going to say it'd be really neat. I don't know how plausible this would be, but to get Rhino Romano, the voice of um, the video games, and then the the later 90s cartoon, I think. And he also did Batman and everything. I think it would be really neat to get his view I... on Spider-Man I... and how it was. I'll tell you a uh, Spider-Man actor that I tried to get, but I was not successful, that I sent an email to was the voice uh, from the 80s, the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. The actor, his name escapes me, but uh, he did Spider-Man, and he also did Bumblebee in the Transformers cartoon. I sent, I went to his website, sent an email asking to do an interview, and I that was about over a year ago, but I never got a reply. So I, he's one of my gets. I would love to do that. And, of course, well, there's Tobey Maguire. That'd be fun. I'm thinking when Spider-Man 4 comes out. I have the guys in the 95 series on Fox. Yeah, I, Christopher Barnes. He would be fun, too. But yeah, I, I, mean, have, you know, I grew up on that, so to me, his is the voice yeah. I hear from Spider-Man. I've got yeah. uh, contacts at Sony that I'm going to try to nab McGuire when uh, Spider-Man 4 comes out. So that would be fun. Good luck. I know. That would be ridiculous, man. I, I mean, that would be cool. Uh, let's see. Aside from reading Spider-Man comics, do you collect any Spider-Man merchandise or toys? Nope, we don't own any. <laughs> no, no. I, my Good God, I picked up a tarantula figure last night at Walmart. I, I highly recommend that. That looks pretty good from the Marvel Legends line. So, and yeah. then when he got home, instead of talking to his wife, he talked to her about it via Facebook. Yeah. yeah at least I didn't do a podcast <laughs> with her. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, J.R. Stanley Lieber from uh, – that's Stanley's real name. What do you think of Hammer and all the stuff going on with Norman? What about Venom being Norman's new Spider-Man? What do you think of that? Well, um, 
I've got this question in email a lot. I mean, uh, and I've answered. I mean, I love it. I mean, I love what's going on with the character. I like that he's assumed preeminent Ta- position in the Marvel universe. And uh, Ta- tackle you know, that at Venom. They, he gave Venom that uh, that cure to make him more human looking. What do you think of that? What do I think of that? Uh, I don't have an opinion on that right now. I, I'll wait to see how it plays out. Okay. Insane. I do like. I do like he's more. Looking though, I really hate that large, large, humongous. Yeah, I, I do like that he's, he's he's made human looking. So you know, it made me wonder. You know, do you miss the goblin suit on the guy, or is he just as scary without the suit? Is Norman scary without the suit? I'm getting yeah. some techno problems here. Okay. It, 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 um, you miss the suit, on Norman, or is he scary without it? No, nah, he's, he's a pretty frightening guy anyway, particularly when he looks like Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I could but, never uh, see him playing. Yeah. No, okay, Insane Johnny, question for the whole gang. I'm curious, do your friends and family know about this podcast or listen to it? I know Brad gave his wife the entire back catalog, and JR got told off after the Jeff Bridges impression. Is this a secret hobby that you keep hidden from people, or is it common knowledge? It's common knowledge on my part. Stella, do your friends know that you do a podcast? Uh, only my closest friends. Um, I think some people would look at me funny if I started, I don't know, throwing out, I do a podcast. So just my closest friends who, like, I mean, I obviously share things with. So, JR, do your friends know that you do a podcast? <laughs> well, I don't really have any friends. Uh, <laughs> oh. But, <laughs> but uh, my family, uh, I, I don't tell my coworkers uh, because they think, enough already, so I don't tell them. Uh, but they never ask either. No one ever comes up and says, Jr. by the way, do you happen to be doing a podcast? And, you know, <laughs> and be, Whoa, yes, yes, I do. My family is aware of it, and they are irritated by it. Uh, oh. In fact, in fact, when I uh, when I go upstairs, I'm going to have to uh, apologize for been on the phone for, for three hours. And uh, plus, my, my, my wife seems to think that it happens every week, and I keep trying to tell her, no, it's only once a month. <laughs> just seems more frequent to her. And, and, yeah. and my son, whenever he he sees me with my headphones on, he rolls his eyes and he goes, oh, another podcast. Oh, oh, so, oh you know, I just, oh. I get no love. No love at all. JR. You, JR, you're getting a t-shirt, okay? You're getting a t-shirt. <laughs> that and makes I'll... it all worthwhile. All right. <laughs> I'm, giving you, I'm giving you a t-shirt and, and it'll hopefully... What? It'll We're... say, I survived the who's holding the cell phone up to the mic good grief uh, that that I'm sorry my phone is going off okay <laughs> Spidey's uh, uh, Stella t- tell me this guy's handle Spidey's te go ahead is it just stick I I I don't know I've wondered Spidey this for a long time stickuk isn't it because he's yeah. from England so I guess so group crush group question what are you most looking group forward crush? to yeah, he's got a group crush on us. What are you most looking for? You know what? Wait a minute. We didn't hear from Kevin and Spidey Dude. Do you, do your friends know you do a podcast? Um, I don't talk about it at work or anything, really. But, uh, I mean, hell, I'm a member of the Crawl Space Podcast group on Facebook, and it clearly says I'm a co-host, so if they want to look at it, they can. And I think I've said something about I'm recording a podcast this weekend to most of my friends, so I don't keep it a secret. I don't really talk about it a lot, though. How about you, Zach? Do you, your friends know? Everybody picks on me. <laughs> <laughs> you and JR need a club. We need some counseling. <laughs> um, all my friends are like, you're doing a podcast? What the hell is a podcast? First of all, the first question they ask, if, if they just find out, what the hell is a podcast? Secondly, what's the podcast over? And I'm like, Spider-Man. They're like, oh. 
Yeah, I still have to pretty much refer to it when I'm talking to my dad as that internet radio show, because the word <laughs> podcast goes over his head. Oh. Uh, Spidey Site UK, what are you most looking forward to in Marvel and Spider-Man this year? I'm looking forward to Mary Jane being back. Hopefully. I miss the character. Anyway. Anyone? Yeah. Good stories would be nice. Yeah. Yep. Uh, JR, what's been your favorite cover with Norman on the front? I'm getting a lot of Norman questions this month. Uh, you're a goblin expert. Yeah. My fate is Spectacular Spider-Man number 250. It is an issue. It is a, a, a story by J.M.D. DeMathis. Uh, the cover is it's Peter Parker and his supporting cast standing in a driving rainstorm while this huge shadow of the Green Goblin with his fist mm. raised is laughing at all of them. Mm. And then you gatefold cover, and there it's the same picture, except instead of the shadow of the Goblin, it's a picture of Norman Osborn doing the same thing. His fist is raised, and his mouth is open, and the cover says, The Face of Evil! <laughs> so, you just can't beat wow. it. That that is a beautiful cover. I I'm looking at it on Sam Ruby right now. That's I'd forgotten how pretty that one is. That's a that. Romita Junior cover. Well, the inside, the ver- the one that, that has the Norman bit is uh, actually Luke Ross, the artist of a Spectacular at that time. That that says Banner all over it, Jr. I think you've gotten this week's Banner, and I love that one. Okay, the other question. Well, crap, I've lost my questions. I'm looking over at that cover art that Jr. was just talking about. <laughs> Uh, Morbius, which DC, oh shit, DC writer. Morbius, <laughs> what you like to see on Amazing? <laughs> um, the, I'll give you a writer and an artist. Writer is easy. Jeff Johns is one of the best in the business, one of the two best, and out of DC, he is the best, so I'd love to see him tackle Spider-Man. And for artists, um, I'm getting a wish because Dale Eaglesham, who, uh, was the artist on Justice Society of America, a great artist, has just been signed as an exclusive to Marvel, and he's announced as the new artist on Fantastic Four, and they said he's going to do a Spider-Man story, too. Eagle Sham? Yeah, Dale Eagle Sham. Never heard of him. Stanley very, Lieber. Very good. Stanley Lieber, one more question. He was. It's a nudity question, keeping with the theme today. I was reading uh, Runaways the other day, and on one of the ads showed something I wouldn't expect in the book. A lot of kids and preteens read. Jr., we all know kids and preteens don't read comics, right? Uh, not really. My daughter okay. does not read comics. Uh, I tried to get her into Spider Girl. She read a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, my son, I, I got him that um, uh, the when they did the little mini Marvels, they right. did those. I got him that. But no, they don't read comic books. No. Nope. Anyway. Anyway, inside of it, an ad for Lady Bullseye. If you haven't seen, she's only wearing very thin ribbons in the shapes of Bullseye. That somehow stick to her. Pasties, sir. Pasties. They only <laughs> cover the absolute necessary parts. After the nudity, Maliv put in Halo Uprising. I have to wonder about where Marvel is going. There are plenty of fans who have morals and don't want to see all that crap when they read a comic. I know this isn't directly Spider-related. Hell, we haven't had a Spider question yet. But I think it's important <laughs> read comic readers in general. Thank you. So, JR, would you be offended with seeing Lady Bullseye inside the comic, you think? Well, I think he's under a misconception that uh, children and teens read comic books these days. Uh, Marvel knows who its audience is, uh, and they know that its audience is, uh, you know, basically, uh, uh, you know, o- older older teenagers uh, and arrested adolescents like <laughs> us. Exactly. And um, you know, even though they despise us, they wish we wouldn't read more. Uh, they they the 
teens and the young children now instead of us old fogies, but they know they can't live without us. And so, yes, the, adverti- the advertising is geared toward, a, toward us. So I understand the question, but uh, in reality, uh, that's not who's reading the comics anyway, so we have nothing to worry about. Right. Okay. Uh, anybody else want to comment on that one? Yeah, I would really like to okay, comment on that. Um, yeah. As a girl, I mean, I I just find <laughs> some of these character designs very distressing. And, you know, it's not just like the huge twins, but the fact that... People use that name. The fact that Lady Bullseye has these ribbons that are apparently holding up her twins is really unrealistic. <laughs> can't run in that. You know, we girls, we need a sports bra to go running because it causes discomfort. So I just don't appreciate that, really. I just, it's unrealistic, and I don't think they need to go that character model because one of my favorite characters right now in the Marvel Universe is Sharon Carter, and does she wear that kind of stuff? No, and she's very respectable. So I don't really know what's going on. Maybe it's just because I'm a girl, but TNA, that's not my thing. So, there you go. <laughs> Chimpin Power from Newcastle, Australia, who is a new member, so welcome, sir. Uh, hi, g- uh, guys and girl. I discovered the podcast a couple weeks ago and only have a couple left to listen to. What can I say? I'm a completist. I have a couple of questions. Wow, he's gone through 50, almost 60 shows. Compliment. This is number 60. got to be wow. going crazy by now. Wow, so congratulations for that. For everyone, I don't think you've ever covered this before. I noticed in a few of your interviews you mentioned Spidey as being on people's top five list. My question is, who are your top five heroes? For Okay. Uh, Stella, top five, real quick. Um, Spider-Man, uh, Captain America, Iron Fist, and if I'd have to actually go over into the DC Universe and say Black Canary and Hawkgirl. Okay, so you've, she's named three. Uh <laughs> <laughs> JR top five. I think Punisher's in there for JR. Yeah, the Punisher's in there. Okay. Oh, God, I don't even know if I have a top five, to be honest. But I would have to take a pass on that. I don't think I even have a top five. Spidey dude? Um, Ben Riley, um, Peter Parker. Um, I really, Captain America and uh, Wolverine and... Uh, Superman, just pissed Brad off. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, real quick, God help you if you say GL. <laughs> um, since he says superheroes, I'm going to leave out people like Morbius' favorite characters, but um, Cal Rayner, Green Lantern, Spider-Man, uh, Nightwing, uh, Sarah Pizzini, Witchblade, and probably Daredevil. Okay. Spider-Man, Hulk, Wolverine, Cap, um, Ben Riley. There you go. <laughs> Hey, so, that's fine. What? Oh, why not, Ben? Riley? I can't think of a fifth one. Uh, oh, so he's just he's just an afterthought. No, okay, no screw worries. it. No, Ben Riley, Iron Fist. There you go. <laughs> Spider uh, for Spider Girl. Simple question: Is Peter Parker sexy? <laughs> naked, naked, naked. <laughs> Is that a yes, Spider Girl? Are you okay? Well, uh, yes. Hell's yeah, he's sexy. <laughs> Not only was it yes, it was a hell's yeah. Okay. Yeah, not just hell. Wait, wait a minute. What, what's sexy about the character? He's just an average guy with brown hair. Well, he does with have pectoral definition like J. Jonah Jameson, but a little bit more. Okay. Little abs and biceps is always nice. And frankly, I'm really attracted to his personality. He's an upstanding citizen. He's very intelligent. I like nerdy guys, and that's my answer. There you go. 
So she could be the next next Mrs. Parker. For Brad, does your work on the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast inter- interfere with your reporting? By this, I mean, do people ever find it difficult to take you seriously as a reporter because they have heard the podcast? No, no one I've ever interviewed has listened to the podcast, but they know that I like Spider-Man. It's not affected at all. Okay, let's see. Jack Bauer with my all-time favorite freaking avatar of Harrison Ford <laughs> peeking up at us. It just creeps me the hell out. And he also has a good Data one, too. For the anyone, Data one's priceless. I love this avatar. <laughs> that's, that's classic. For anyone, what would you like to see in the next Spider-Man video game? Is there a certain storyline from the comics you would like to see adapted into a video game? Um, Zach, you're a gamer. Okay. What? I would I would like to see the Clone Saga. For God's yeah. sake! I mean, that would be a th- that would be like an epic game. All the twists and turns. I agree. You could you could get the crap beat out of you by Kane on a you know on every other battle. Right. Uh, at the very last battle, will be Norman Osborn impaling you in the back. I mean, it's great. There you go. And Jr. The- Jr. You and your son are play video games together. Anything you'd like to see adapted? Uh, I I'd like to see. The, well, I'm not much. Gamer, but I wouldn't mind seeing the original Goblin in a video game. He's kind of been, uh, except for the uh, Spider-Man movie, uh, he's kind of been, ab- well, he was in Friend or Foe, but he was in Spider-Man, the movie costume. But uh, I'd like to see the Goblin uh, in his original costume in a video game. Yeah, that'd be good. And Stella, you, you, you're running the PS2. What would you like to yeah. see? <laughs> a long FSU sweater fan, luckily. Um, I would actually go with the Clone Saga, too. I thought they made like a bad one way back when, you know, on the Atari or something, but but I think that would have an awesome a convoluted storyline to play with. Kevin, you don't play video games, I know you don't, but anything Do not care. You don't care, okay. You would buy the clone saga just just to buy the clone just to help me out, right? <laughs> yeah, I would uh I think the clone saga would be a good game and uh you know anything to <laughs> lend support. Spider Man two fifty two from St. Louis Mo to JR from the one old guy to another I've recently read your squandered legacy, The Rise and Fall of the Hobgoblin. All I can say is, wow, great job. I have been reading Spider-Man almost as long as you, and I'm amazed by your ability to recall detail. How much research does it take when preparing one of your articles? Well, I don't know about my ability to recall detail, just cause, since I got my ass whooped by Spider-Girl in the trivia contest. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. But... Uh, <laughs> Kind of, uh, kind of let everybody down there, but uh, all, my, all my fans, I think I've let down. But uh, as as far as actually the research, reread every single issue. I mean, I um, there was no really amazing recall about it. I reread every single issue and wrote the uh, wrote the uh, series as I uh, as I went along. So, uh, so it, how, what's the time frame? How how long can you spend on an article? God, I you know I don't know. Um, it's you know it's been a while since I've worked on one. Um, I mean, it's it it used to take me a good month or two to do a good article. I mean, I was working on it for, you know, that's why you don't see very many of them because I put so much effort into them. But uh, it'll it'll take a good month or two to do a, re- a well researched article. Uh, Spider-Man 252's other question is for me to my Missouri brother, Brad. Where in Missouri are you located, and do you ever come to any of the St. Louis comic book shows? I am in southwest Missouri, and I uh, live in Joplin, Missouri, so I'm on the complete opposite side of the state from you. But yes, I grew up in the St. Louis area, and I've been to a few of the comic book shows uh, in St. Louis when I was a kid. I remember one on Keokuk Road, 
And they used to have it once a month on a Sunday, I think. And I, when I was about eight or nine years old, my grandpa would take me and I would have a little notebook paper that you use in school with the wide rule or wide line. I would put, I need Amazing Spider-Man this, blah, 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 blah. So yes, I bought a lot of my collection from the St. Louis comic book shows. Uh, to the gang, is there anything or any characters that you're looking forward to seeing in Brand New Day and perhaps Dr. Octopus return in issue 600 or someone unannounced that you'd like to see? Feel free to chime in on that one, gang. No, I'd rather Brand New Day just end and my favorite characters get their memories back before appearing again. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jack O'Lantern from Derry, uh, Ireland. Simple question. Is Aunt May sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be able to answer uh, that question in about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, I'll let you, I'll let you know. Scroll, well, my, dog, my dog seems to think it's sexy. Scroll Jarvis and Willie Lumpkin think she's a hottie. So, <laughs> Evidently, she puts out because the the uh, J. Jonah Jameson Sr. Uh, got the number. Or uh, she just is some KY warming liquid. Oh! oh, oh, oh Stella. Wow. It just Stella. hit my brain. Get him out. Out oh. now. Oh, wow. For the one that claims to have morals, you are the one that always just goes. I there. love it. That's why she's right. <laughs> Tomorrow night is the BF BAF BAFTAs. BAFTAs. Thank you. <laughs> the BAFTAs, the British Oscars, and J.M. Straczynski is nominated for Best Original Screenplay. The BAFTAs are pretty well respected within the film <laughs> in America. Ah, I gotta go take a BAFTA after this. Do you think that this could raise the respect of comic books? Maybe even more that if Heath Ledger wins the Oscar. After all, there will be those who claim that he wins only due to his death. So, I will take, si- take it, Mr. Straczynski fan number one. Um, the, the sad truth is, I don't know about the BAFTAs, but <laughs> the Oscars, nobody ever pays attention to the writer categories. It's always, actor, director, and film, and that's pretty much it. Even the few people that do pay attention to the writer category, nobody's going to be talking about the fact that JMS wrote comic books. The best thing that might happen from it is some extra Babylon 5 DVDs will be sold, because they'll credit JM, J. Michael Straczynski, parentheses, Babylon 5, and then move on. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to do even a word about comics <laughs> at all. Doesn't it sound like it's an insult? You're a dirty BAFTA, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> BAFTA. Okay. That's, that's, that's going to be my new insult to you guys. Is, uh, are you dirty BAFTA? You bur- dirty BAFTA. Our last question. Yay! Ditko loves green. My good friend from London, Ireland, England, and London, Ireland. London, England. Oh, I was looking that's at the green screen. Right Spider Man's trying to flip. I just love that. <laughs> Uh, thanks again for doing a great podcast, guys. We're welcome. I mean, you're welcome. I'm welcome. Everybody's <laughs> welcome. Dark Rain, Mr. Negative, and Dark Rain, Anti-Venom have just been announced at the New York Comic Con. Do you think that a number of pointless miniseries, especially involving Dark Rain, is beginning, beginning to get ridiculous? Yes. We were bitching yes. about paying four bucks for uh, Amazing Spider-Man Extra number two this month. I guarantee those issues will be three apiece. Four times three, twelve, twenty-four dollars to get both ah. those stories. The dog's pissed. I'm telling you, we <laughs> <laughs> don't want any more of these cheap, uh, non-essential miniseries. Do you guys agree? Yeah, and if it is essential, then it really shouldn't exist. If I have to go buy 
a Dark Rain miniseries to find out the secrets of Mr. Negative, that's bullshit. I should be able to find it out in Amazing Spider-Man because I've been waiting about a year and a half. Exactly. And we, I don't, I don't, unless the Marvel Universe blows up, I don't think we'll even mention those two pointless miniseries on the show. Yeah, I mean, there's no way in hell I'm buying an anti-venom miniseries, and I'm not doing it for Mr. Negative either. I'll probably get it pulled back for me simply because it's Amazing Spider-Man. Anything that deals with Spider-Man, my comic shop tends to pull for me. So I'll probably end up getting it, and if, if the reviews are good, I'll, I'll keep getting it, or if not, I'll just shit on a stick and not. I, I'm like 100% <laughs> sure JR is not going to pick up either one of them. I am not. Okay, and Stella, no, I, I, Stella I, are you going to get them? No, and I completely agree with Kevin on the fact that I don't think Anti-Venom can carry a miniseries. If it's anything like the jackpot, the secret invasion, it would be total, yeah. Ass. No, no. Well, and think about the last time <laughs> Eddie Brock got a bunch of his own miniseries. How well did that turn out? Yeah, no kidding. It destroyed the character. Final yeah. question. So basically we're all pissed that it's happened. I'm probably going to well, get it because I'm an idiot. Every, everybody else... <laughs> Uh, everybody, the, converse to, the converse to what I was saying, it is true that they shouldn't be doing any revelations about these characters outside of Amazing Spider-Man, but conversely, if you're paying money for these miniseries, you should be getting something. I mean, there's no sure. way they can write these minis and have them satisfy anyone. Right. Final question is, uh, in the Marvel Knights series, Electro had a slightly different costume and used his powers more efficiently, in turn becoming a real threat to Spider-Man. My question is, what Spider-Man villain do you think needs an update to make him more badass? Ditko's Loves Green's suggestion is the Hypno-Hustler, who Kevin is quite familiar with. JR, who would, <laughs> who would you like to update? Who's, who would, needs to be a badass? Well, I, I'd say the villain who really needs a, an upgrade for me to be interested in him is Craven. I mean, I've never liked, uh, never liked him, never liked that uh, most dangerous game type, uh, uh, you know, thing he's got going. Um, he, he needs, he needs a serious upgrade. But then again, people are always going to bring up Craven's Last Hunt. No, oh, wasn't he great? Oh, wasn't he badass? Oh, no, which you know, I never really cared for that story. But uh, I'd say he'd need a reworking for be interested in him. Stella, who 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 needs to be become more badassish? Is that a word? I really like shocker. <laughs> or um, <I> don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, shocker is up there on one of my favorite villain lists. But I think that sometimes I think he does get a bad rap because of the quilted, quilted. What is that? Quilted Northern? Quilted. Is that the, yeah, yeah. Well, I you know like I think he would give, uh, an update. So I would go with shocker. Kevin, were you, were you designing Morbius? Uh, I've got the ideas in my head. <laughs> I'll do it for you, Marvel. <laughs> who else? Is it just more? Is Morbius your answer? Or who? Who? Uh, well, to be I mean, if you're talking badass. about if you really need to update uh, villains and make them more badass, I tell you, if you want to make me ever care about them, you're gonna have to do something new with the Lizard and the Vulture. I mean, you could uh, the, maybe a better writer than me could update them and make them an actual threat and make them, oh dear God, interesting. But uh, they'd have to do something major for me to ever they, care. They tried with the vulture when he sucked the youth from people. Did you like that? I I don't think it was necessarily pulled off well, but I think there was an interesting idea involved in it. I mean, it's it, he's more of a threat, really, if it, with that look than he is when he just looks like a old, old man. man flying yeah. around. I'm gonna get you. Where's <laughs> my geritol? Where's my geritol? Shit. Wow. <laughs> Wow. You're stealing my idea, Kevin. Good God. <laughs> Zach, wh wh who's, who should become more badass? Um, 
<laughs> I could say Morbius just to piss Kevin off, but I'm not going to. You could say Green uh, Lantern to piss me off. <laughs> uh, we need to become more badass. I, I think, you know, they tried so hard to make Doc Ock a badass that it was laughable. Yes. Um, I think I think him going Morpheus style from the Matrix was a bad idea. Horrible. Um, Horrible. Horrible idea. It was uh, so really make you know if you want to give make him a little thinner that's fine, but cut his damn hair. Don't make him a damn hippie like you know he looks like. Um, another another one that needs to be uh, desperately needs to be updated is um, the Man Wolf. If they ever bring mm-hmm. back the yeah. Man Wolf, it's like you look at his costume and you're going, okay, he is a product of the seventies, much like the uh, much like Patrick's uh, suggestion of. The hypno Right. My, uh, I would like the Hobgoblin to become badass again. Oh, and they already tried that, Brad, and it was pretty bad. Well, not, not Menace. I'm talking about Hobgoblin. No, I'm, talk- I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking either the Hobgoblin from that Secret War Bendis thing. Do something with that character. Or bring Roderick Kinsley off the beach and give him something to do. I think the Hobgoblin hasn't been a badass in ten years. And he would stomp Menace's ass, in my opinion. Well, um, you know, they tried doing, they tried updating the Hobgoblin, if you remember correctly. On the Blood, no, and on the Blood Brothers arc, in uh, the Clone Saga with. Um, well, that's with, been ten years ago. I'm talking. Yeah, I was talking about current. Yeah, well, but I'm know. saying that they've already tried to make him a badass by giving him these cybernetic implants, <laughs> and uh, it was just an epic fail. Right. Well, I'm just saying, Jason Mack, though, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there wasn't very much you could do to that character. Okay, message board questions are done. Recommendations, real quick. Kevin, hit it. What are you recommending this month, real quick? Well, I kind of uh, already talked about with message board questions, but I do really want to recommend the new, basically sci-fi block of shows on Friday nights. For the first two hours, you got. On Fox, it starts this coming Friday night. Should This podcast may be up by then, but I'm talking about the 13th. Um, first up at 8, you've got Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which is a show that I think most people stay away from because they're just thinking Terminators, Arnold, robots. But really, it's a great character drama. It just does amazing things. It has an emotional depth I never expected it to have. It's a wonderful show, one of the best two on TV right now, I think. Second hour, 9 o'clock, you're going to get Dollhouse, a new show by Joss Whedon starring Eliza Dushku, who played Faith in Buffy. Um, very interesting concept with uh, people whose brains get wiped after every mission they go on. They can get hired out to do anything at all by any rich people, and a new personality gets loaded into them. Um, and then at 10 o'clock, switch over to the Sci-Fi Channel, and I'm going to pimp JR's recommendation from last month, Battlestar Galactica. Still kicking ass, I think, next to Terminator. It's the other greatest show on TV right now. So you're going to have an excellent, excellent block of television there on Friday nights. Watch it all. I, I will concur with Kevin on uh, Terminator. I love that show. Great show. You know, as the older we get, the longer we've been friends, we're starting to agree with each other. What the hell's that about? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> we still have plenty we don't like, man. Don't yeah. worry. We'll argue yeah, no later. Kidding. Okay, um, let's see. Stella, what do you recommend this month? I loved Alas Babylon that you recommended last month. 
Yay. Um, so TV-wise, uh, Damage is always a good one. The Closer, that's on TNT. It starts Kira Sedgwick. I love that show. It's about a group um, of homicide detectives, and their interactions are great. It's not only drama, but there's also some comedy thrown in there, too, so I definitely recommend that. And for my literary uh, recommendation this month, I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to recommend Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. It's one of my favorites. I am. She is the complete opposite from Bella, which is why I'm recommending it this month. She okay. puts hero and heroine. Um, the I don't know. She's like the epitome of heroine and all her struggles. She's a very moral, upstanding character. I don't know if you guys really read these books, but that one is really a worthwhile one. So that those are my recommendations. Okay. JR, what are you reading? What are you watching this month? Well, um, I don't recommendation, but it was something that I was for quite a bit this month, was every once in a while son gets on certain movie kicks, and uh, he has to watch movies over and over again. Well, this month it was two Scooby-Doo movies. Oh. And uh, for some strange reason, I've become enamored of the first Scooby-Doo movie, particularly when Scrappy-Doo is on Daphne and then run out of the movie machine. But uh, <laughs> I, I have no idea why I like this, why I think it's funny, why I think it's a good setup of the original cartoon, but it just seems... To Amuse me. It must be something old age, but uh, whatever, for whatever reason, I've just been entertained by watching that first Scooby Doo movie. So take what you will. Zoinks! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Zoinks. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Matthew Lillard does do Shaggy. That is, he does a really good Shaggy. A great. They're doing a third Scooby Doo, I've heard, but they're doing it when they're really young, like really young kids, like a prequel, which has none of the original yeah. cast in it, but. Yeah, they're recast. They're, I mean, they've recast the whole thing. So yeah, pretty much. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, Zach, what are you w- watching, reading, uh, enjoying this month? Um, have, if you've not watched Volume Four, Episode One of Heroes, do it now. Okay. Uh, I absolutely loved. I had. I didn't. I didn't watch it actually on Mondays because, uh, like anybody that's talked to me for an extended period of time, knows Monday nights. Don't don't talk to me. Don't mess with me because uh, I'm watching <laughs> Heroes. Um, I, I missed it, but I watched it online. Fantastic new direction. Um, and it, I'm very, I, I've been excited. I got excited with volume three and I was a let down, you know, about halfway through the season because apparently everybody had schizophrenia and had, you know, multiple personality disorder. Uh, hopefully we're going to be, we're, we're, that's going to be redeemed in this, in this arc. Uh, very interesting where we're going to take it. Um, uh, I've really been enjoying, uh, um, uh, I've been enjoying <laughs> nothing. I've been enjoying absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, She's so mean. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I meant I could hear nothing. I didn't even mean yeah. that. To, yeah. That's funny. Uh, I have I have enjoyed the Sarah Connor Chronicles as well. <laughs> so, um, anyway. Okay. So, I, heroes out of you. Yeah. And, okay. and also, one last recommendation. Okay. If you haven't picked up the Lost Years... Uh, I finally picked up the whole thing. I've, I've read bits and pieces. I've read like one issue of it. Lost Years, fantastic, fantastic miniseries. Go check it out at your local retailer. Uh, it's in the back issue bin. Yeah. Okay. My recommendation is a DVD, a CD, or MP3 download, and a video game. First one, the DVD is Hulk Versus. 
which uh, has him fighting Wolverine and Thor. And check out George Behrman's wonderful review on the site. I fully concur that it's the best direct-to-DVD movie Marvel has ever produced. It's just incredible if you're a fan of the Hulk, fan of Wolverine. If you're a fan of Deadpool, specifically, <laughs> love that movie. And stay after the credits for uh, a little funny Deadpool moment. It just makes me laugh. Just They should make a whole Deadpool movie. Uh, the CD is, if you guys are fans of 80s music, do you guys like the 80s? I was 80s? born then, so I think it's a pretty good decade. Okay. <laughs> Huey Lewis and the News is my favorite 80s group of all time. And I download an album that I just discovered from them. Uh, it's called Live at 25. And a great CD. I've got it on my iPod that I, I got for Christmas. I've just been listening to this over and over and over. Love Huey Lewis and the News. So pick that up if you can. I bought it through Amazon, uh, the MP3 downloads. And the third one was, it's up on the main page of the Crawl Space. And I, Stella and I were, were drooling over this trailer of Ultimate Alliance 2. And this video game looks so cool. I can't wait for it to come out this fall. Definitely, I recommend you guys to check out the trailer. It comes out later this year, and it is taking on the Marvel Civil War storyline. Stella, you were drooling, weren't you, over this? Digging I it? was. And, you know, <laughs> I'm accepting donations that for anyone who wants to give them to me so I can actually buy a PS3. So I'll tell you what. <laughs> it just looks, I mean, the video game looks so good. And send that money to uh, Stella Karov. No, just kidding. <laughs> And that wraps up our final show for February. Thanks to everyone who wrote in with questions on the message board. We had some good ones, as we always do each month, so I appreciate that. I also want to give a plug for our upcoming show in March. Artist Todd Nock will be our guest. You know his artwork from his run with Peter David on the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man title. And he recently made major news on all the networks by penciling the Spider-Man-Obama team-up issue. He'll be our guest, and we'll take live callers and written message board questions for him. And for detailed information on how to call in or write, visit our main page at thespidermancrawlspace.com. And before I go, I want to give a thanks to MailOrderComics.com for sponsoring the show month in and month out. They're the subscription service I use because their discounts can't be beat. An example this month is Amazing Spider-Man Family, number 5. The cover price is $4.99. Mail order has it for $3.09, which is 38% off the cover. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. And gang, we'll be back in a few weeks. Thanks so much for listening. And for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com, I'm Brad Douglas.